and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the mystical underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Trish McGregor and Rob McGregor and our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to the mysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts where you can find out about our books. Among them are phenomena, harnessing your psychic abilities, the secrets of spirit communication, sensing the future, and aliens in the backyard. Our upcoming book is called The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's new novel, White Crows, um, is out now, and Rob has been slowly releasing the audio edition of Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings. Our guests today are Preston Dennett and Dolly. And Dolly, I don't know your last name. Stephanie. Oh, Saffron. Okay. Sorry. Okay, Rob. Cheers. Okay. Preston Dennett has uh, first uh, began investigating UFOs in 1986 after learning that his family and friends uh, and co-workers were having encounters. Uh, since then, he has interviewed hundreds of people and investigated a wide variety of cases. He has written 29 books and more than 100 articles about UFOs and the paranormal. He is a frequent guest on radio and TV and speaks to audiences across the United States. His latest book is Symmetry, a True UFO Adventure. It features the incredible story of UFO alien contact uh, by a woman named Dolly Saffron. And uh, we're pleased that Dolly is here with us today, along with Preston. Uh, Dolly Saffron has worked as a limo driver, assistant manager at Wendy's, a zookeeper, a bus driver, security guard, a nurse, and more. She has also worked for the U.S. Department of the Treasury and the Department of Defense, I think through the Army. Dolly has had long, lifelong experiences with extraterrestrials that began at the age of two, and they are ongoing. Uh, she has an astonishing story that she has told to Preston about her varied experiences among the greys. What makes Dolly's story particularly interesting is that she has had total recall of her experiences since age 14 and even remembers the earlier experiences that had been blocked. Besides that, while many abductees have fearful experiences, Dolly considers the Greys more like family than frightful aliens and doesn't uh, consider herself an abductee. Welcome, Dolly. Welcome, Welcome Preston. And Preston. <laughs> uh, we'll probably be asking Dolly most of the questions since it's her experience, but jump in anytime, Preston. Uh, you're the expert. Uh, but first, I, I'd like to ask you your thoughts about Dolly and her experiences. Uh, you, you've heard it all before. Uh, how does Dolly's experience compare to other abductees that you've interviewed? And what kind of reaction are you getting from the book so far? Uh, yeah, well, I was super excited to meet Dolly. She reached out to me about six years ago. 
uh, looking for someone to tell her story. And as she began to reveal her experiences, I realized very early on that her she was different from a lot of the people I've interviewed who do use regressive hypnosis sometimes, uh, who do have a lot of fear and a lot of missing time. Dolly's story is easily the most extensive account of contact that I've ever had the privilege to research and honestly uh, even read about. Um, so her case is really, really extensive. And it was a real joy for me because much of what she says, I have heard before from other people, uh, but it was very much piecemeal, very much through the lens of fear, uh, very much sort of, I don't know, not cohesive. But Dolly's has a continuous narrative, and uh, it was just really amazing to have her, you know, answer many of the questions I have surrounding this phenomena. And uh, she was able to really confirm what I've pretty much suspected all along, that the ETs are not here to take over or hurt us or anything like that. Uh, their missions are one of healing, of guiding, of waking people up, of putting us on the right path in terms of treating our planet and ourselves. So yeah, uh, she really wanted to tell her story. And uh, I was really honored that she chose me. And we put together this book with hundreds of hours of interviews. And finally, we got it all together. It was quite one of the most difficult books, really, I've ever written because her story is so extensive. And uh, each time we talked, I would learn something new. But we did put it out just a few months ago in May, and it took off. In fact, I was amazed and delighted to see that it hit the number one spot on Amazon, the UFO Great. category. Yeah, so it's a number one UFO bestseller. <laughs> Dolly, how, how did, how did Dolly, Dolly, how do you feel about going public now with your story? Um. Well, I had prepared for it uh, a couple of years before I met uh, Preston. I had started talking about it with my contacts. And um, basically the reason is, is that there's so much disinformation out here and uh, people are not being told the truth in y'all's understanding of technology and what really science is all about is dropping dramatically and you're being lied to about a lot of things. And mm -hmm. it upset me a lot. And in face of what we have coming at us, I decided that I was going to open my mouth and start talking. And so they pretty much briefed me on what to expect, what was going to happen to me, what could happen to me as a result. Uh, they would back me up and protect me during this process. And when it was time, I went. And uh, so in uh, 2016, I contacted Preston after I had been looking for about six months. I couldn't find anyone. And uh, they... They finally said, well, we know somebody. We want you to contact him. And they gave me his name and told me he was on YouTube. Look him up. And I did. And I saw his very first, I found his very first video on YouTube. It was way back. And he was talking about healing. And I listened to it. And I thought, oh, my God, this is it. This is the right person. So, oh, so uh, the ETs recommended him? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's great. See yeah, that, Preston? You're known throughout <laughs> the universe. <laughs> yeah. Boy, when I heard that, that was thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, wow. I've suspected the ETs have known about me for a while. I've had indications of it. So yeah, but this was definite confirmation. Yeah, it's really great. Cool. Yeah. Dolly, you were taken at, 
as a two-year-old. Uh, first, how is it possible to remember anything <laughs> from when you were two years old? And uh, what happened on your first experience? Well, actually, I remember all the way back to almost three weeks after I was born. Wow. God. Uh, my first real memory is 10 months. Um, mm -hmm. I was already walking and talking by then. And uh, I was laying in my crib in, uh, in Miami. We had just moved to Miami. My dad was uh, transferred uh, from Georgia. And uh, we were in a, an apartment building on uh, Bayfront in, in mm -hmm. Miami. And uh, we had those old level or blinds. And all of a sudden, this big bright light lit up the room. I was supposed to be sleeping. It was midday. And uh, I was staring at it. And the next thing I know, I'm floating up in my crib. And uh, it was very disconcerting. I'm 10 months old and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> and um, by the time I reached the top of the rails, I freaked because I thought, oh, my God, you know, now I'm really panicking. Something's bad happening to me. And I tried mm -hmm. to flip over and I tried to pull myself down and I could not. That's the last memory of it. But it was such a strong memory. And it was, I think, so traumatic. It stayed in my mind. Hmm. Um, I have an eidetic memory, and that's probably one of the reasons uh, that I do remember. My first uh, conscious uh, memory after that was um, when I was two years old, one day somebody visited me in uh, my room. I was supposed to be napping again. My mom was probably <laughs> pregnant with my brother, and uh, they took me, and it's spotty, this memory. It, it comes in snatches. But I remember being told that if I was a good girl and I played nice with them because I could be very feisty at that age, I would get a red balloon. <laughs> and, uh, when they dropped me off, they dropped me off outside a Utotem. It's about six miles from our house. Now, mind you, I'm in nothing but underwear, okay? Oh, Barefoot, everything. And they dropped me off in front of this Utotem. I was behind, well, they dropped down behind it and they told me to walk around to the front and go in. And I did. I couldn't push the door. It was too heavy for me. And I'm banging on it, screaming, let me in, let me in. And the guy saw me, two years old, banging on the door. And he didn't see anybody. He let me in. I start crying because I want my balloon. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he called the cops. Now, while all this is going on with me, my mother had woken up, found out I was not in a locked house. She called the police. She called my dad. They came home. For two hours, they looked for me, too. They had police everywhere searching. They put her in a car and was pregnant. They finally got the call that I was at the Utotem and they showed up. My mother went running in. And by this time, I'm crying and freaking out like, you people are not nice to me at all. <laughs> Where's my balloon? My balloon, you know? <laughs> and she's trying to get me to tell her what happened. But I was so weirded out that I couldn't make sense to her. You know, two years old, I'm scrambling to tell them everything. And they took me home. All the locks got changed. All the windows got changed. We got a guard dog that used to be a police dog. Her name was Heidi. She's a German Shepherd. And it went from there. Um, I, I was uh, contacted and taken multiple times in my lifetime after that in different scenarios. And I would remember pieces of it, but not the whole thing. It wasn't in a long loop for me. By the time I got to be 14, I was freaking out thinking either I'm insane or it's real. And I had to prove it. And uh, so I started making up my mind. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to prove that I'm not crazy. I had a mother who did not like the subject, did not like to see me doing all the weird things that I did because I was already psychic, telekinetic. I could levitate. I did things in the house that scared everybody all the time. She was not a, okay about it. And um, so I started looking every night. 
uh, I was taking astronomy lessons and I would sit and look at the night skies all the time. I only slept about two hours a day. And one night, one o'clock in the morning, I'm still out there. And my dad said, go to bed. It's a school night. I went in the house and put my scope in its pack. You know, I have a box for it. And I got my jammies on. And I'm sitting on the edge of my bed by my windows. Now, by this time, I'm living in the Everglades, okay? And we had these huge jealousy windows that you could, you know, see out pretty good. I could crawl out of them if I wanted to. And I was looking up at the night sky because I wasn't done. I wanted to see Orion. Orion was up. I love that constellation. And uh, I start seeing more than one star, and it turned out to be hundreds of them. And I'm like, what the hell? And it hit me. This is it. They all paired off into twos, and they started going in different directions, east, west, north, and south. Um, two of them came down over our area. One went toward the east, which was where Dade landed, Kendall is in Miami. And then the other one came over us in the glades. And I watched it change in color as it came down. I saw that it became metallic. It came down over the trees uh -huh. in the backyard and everything started moving around. No sound, just whipping trees. And it, it was bobbing and swaying. And I, it was metallic, very, very shiny metallic. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, remember, 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 don't forget this. Don't forget this. You're going to hang on to this memory. And I'm studying the craft and I get to the ports and in each port is a being staring dead at me. I was like, no, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> and I turned, I was going to dive under my bed. And uh, poof, the room turned blue-white and this last memory I had. I that, was when you're, that was when you were 14? 14, yeah. I woke okay. up on the floor of my room hours later, pissed off that I could. it happened to me again. <laughs> what the hell? And I started crying. I was so mad. I was rocking mad. And I could hear my mother in the kitchen get breakfast for my dad. It's 4.30 in the morning. It was a school day, so I got up and took a shower, got my clothes on, and as I got in the was getting in the shower, I realized these are not my jammies. I'm not wearing my jammies, and they're on backwards and inside out. And what the hell? Okay, um, I got cleaned up, got dressed, I went in the kitchen. Now I know I got to talk about this. I cannot not talk about this. I was possessed with this, and my mother, who does not like to hear this stuff, I sat in the kitchen. She said, "Make coffee." Uh, Paul Harvey was on the radio. She listened to the radio every day. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, how the hell do I tell this woman? You know, so I start asking her questions. Mom, did you guys see anything last night? Did you hear anything? See lights? Was the wind blowing? Anything? And she turned around and she said, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, UFOs. And she went, eh, 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 shut up. No, you dream it. So I sat there dejected. I drank my first cup of coffee. That's my absolute memory, my first cup of coffee ever. And I was still mulling over. How the hell am I going to get her to listen to me? The radio's on, and suddenly the news comes on, and the announcer, first thing out of his mouth, two Dadeland police officers saw UFOs last night and described it perfectly. I what year was that? 1973, January 1973. Hang, hang, hang on just a second, real okay. quick. Uh, can, uh, Dolly, uh, can you uh, can you possibly turn the volume down on your laptop sure. just slightly? Because I okay. think I think that's where it's coming from. Is we're getting kind of a roar every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. I put you. I minimized you so I can do this. Hold on a second. Sound. 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 Gotta find it. Here it is. Oh, that's Wi-Fi. Hold on. There it is. Sound. And I want to take it down to here. Hopefully that will help. Okay. I need to put you back up. Hold on. <laughs> okay. 
<clears throat> there you are. I'm going to maximize the screen again. Yep. Uh, then I got to find the maximize button. I think that's it. Yay. Okay. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. and I'm not here. I'm not hearing it now. So I think, okay. I think that was it. All right. All right. So All right. sorry, sorry to interrupt, but that's okay. Ahead. You guys go ahead. Yeah. So, so, so Dolly, uh, why, why would they take such a young child? I mean, they started taking you when you were just a baby. Uh, what, <laughs> what, why are they interested in somebody so young? Um, I was going to school with them when I was younger. I didn't remember it until after I woke up. Um, that day, the rest of that day was pretty traumatic for me. I'll tell you about it in a few minutes. Yeah. But I was I was going to school with them. They were taking me to their home world and mm -hmm. training me and educating me. And uh, the reason being is I'm a hybrid. Um, I am part of them. Um, one of the uh, grays, tall grays, is actually related to me. I'm related to her. And uh, this was planned. They, um, uh, I'm not the only one, just so you know, there are thousands of us on this planet right now who are hybrid, who are trained. Now, this and is normal for contactees. They're generally contacted very early on, age two, four, five, I think is probably the latest. Yeah. And also I would jump in here and say that in terms of dollar remembering stuff all the way down to, you know, age one. That's also fairly common among contactees. Many of them do have eidetic memories. I hear that again and again. And it's generational as well, isn't it? Oftentimes yes. with- Yes, yeah. my father was a contactee. We think my mother may have been too, but she was um, hurt. Uh, the army did something to her that was very bad and it, 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 it was not good and it changed her somewhat. And mm -hmm. she, throughout my lifetime, disassociated a lot of stuff so. does she did she ever come to accept this um, experience in, in weird sort of way she did but she was very quiet about it um toward the end of her life she and i had a couple of conversations but she never really admitted that um that she was okay with it um my mother my mother didn't my mother didn't know how to handle me at all and the way i was born is she was totally dead asleep Okay, it was an emergency, and I was born uh, under seriously weird circumstances. I had a twin that was missing, and, you know, it was not a good huh. situation. And when I was born, I didn't look like her kid, okay? Um, I had black hair, and I had pointed ears. Oh, whole spot. Not kidding. I had pointed ears. I can prove it. I had pointed ears. And uh, it all fell out when I was about a month and a half old, and it came in snowball white. And Really? Uh, yeah, I was like children of the corn, and <laughs> she just never, ever really, you know. How about your dad? My was dad, he... my dad had the same issues I did. My father had pointed ears when he was born. My dad's a redhead. I eventually turned totally red when I went through puberty. I became a redhead, and I was a redhead until mm -hmm. forty something, and then I turned white again. Um, huh. uh, my dad's family is really psychic. You know, we got all that going on. We got the genetics for it and all that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. How do they communicate with you? Is it telepathy? Or? Yes, it's telepathic. They can speak. Um, the uh, grays, the tall grays speak better than the rest of them. The shorter grays, um, not so much. Their vocal boxes aren't mm -hmm. as uh, big enough, really, for you to hear them without them squeaking at you. Um, they click. Um, the medium-sized grays click. They have a clicking language, like the like the Inuit and the African mm -hmm. tribes who click, 
when they speak. Yeah. Hmm. And huh. the grays do have an actual language. Now, are the are the smaller ones AI? Uh, yes, beings? the smallest grays under three feet are AI. They're okay. uh, intelligent. They can learn. Uh, they're self-guiding, uh, but they don't make command decisions at all. They do what they're told to do, but in a, in a situation, they can make a decision, you know, okay. that way. And they can um, be turned That was one of the questions that I was really wondering about, because Whitley Strieber had talked about that, seeing small AI that they right. would actually turn off and stack up like cordwood. And Dolly <laughs> right. described the same type of thing. Huh. This really helped clarify for me, because some people say, oh, these ETs have no emotions. And others say, well, no, no, they're very emotional and very loving. The little AI don't have you know, emotions like we do. Mm-hmm. The, the taller mid-sized grays and the tall grays do. What I found fascinating, Dolly, is that uh, the the ship itself seems to be partially biological <laughs> yes. and intelligent being. Uh, yes. Can you talk about that a bit? It is the craft are biologically uh, ready to be indwelt by a dimensional being. All of their craft are piloted that way by dimensional beings. It's a cooperation between uh, two beings. One is interdimensionally indwells it and actually becomes his body. He, wow. It becomes him or her, whichever is indwelling it, whichever. And uh, the one that indwells the craft that I fly, his name, he has a really long name, and I pulled a piece of it out so I could call him that without being able to say it properly. So he's Talara. And Talara. that's part of his name. It's complicated. And uh, he is my constant contact. I'm always in contact with Talara all the time. And uh, they run every single ship or craft. That is ET is indwelt by a being, an interdimensional being. That's how they travel is interdimensionally. They are use light uh, technology that we don't have yet. And they can move huge spaces around the universe by going interdimensionally that way. Uh, uh, light gates. Okay, okay. You said that they, they took you to a school. Where was the school? Is there a particular planet? Um, it was in the Orion cluster in uh, Preston knows which star to point to it, it's you know where orion's belt is uh-huh. you know where the third star is if you go <clears> straight right. south down there's another star that is actually called orion at one of the orion club in the orion cluster and it's uh-huh. that star system right there where they're from that's their the tall gray's home world is in that cluster have and, they ever taken um, you to jupiter <laughs> or any of the take me to jupiter when i was uh when i was 14 that was the very first planet i ever really got taken to and shown anything. Uh, you were actually taught, taught how to drive the craft too, weren't you? Yes. I, it took, um, it, when I was decided that I wanted to fly, when I was 14, that trip, that one where I told you I passed out and couldn't remember, well, I eventually did remember that day. I worked on it, worked on it, worked on it until I came conscious of it. <clears throat> and I remembered the whole thing. And that is, I have a, a a liaison. Her name is Mama. I've known her since she was five, since I was five. Uh, she's a tall gray. She's six foot two. She's over 800 years old and she's still living. She is alive. Um, and she was my liaison. She was like my temporary mom when I was away from my mother here. Uh-huh. She took care of me. And she was constantly with me when I was with them. She never left me. Um, and Talada is the craft that I flew upon. And it was decided that since I knew them so well, because they were ferrying me back and forth to schools and stuff like that, that um, he would be the one to teach me how to fly. And oh. so that's the craft I flew. And I, I guess I did well enough. They let me take over. I'm, I'm pilot number one 
for that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Dolly, how, how do you, with all these experiences, how do you even, re- how could you even socialize with normal people? I didn't. <laughs> I was very isolated. Yeah, I had a few close friends, but I didn't spend a lot of time with them either. And one of my bet, my best friend was also a contactee. I guess she became one because of associating with me, or maybe it was uh-huh. because we were around each other all the time. But um, she's passed away now. She had cancer really, really bad. Um, mm-hmm. Her sister remembers it, though. Her sister remembers hearing all the stories of her, her telling her all the stuff that was going on. Wow. And uh, uh, yeah, there's a few people out where I lived out in the glades that are contactees that I know of to this day. Mm-hmm. And um, they just don't talk about it. Um, one what of them is think about pilot. What? What do they think about you talking about it? Um, everybody's very, very calm about it. Um, one of my friends says, oh, Dolly, here we go. You know, and he's, I'm ever-evolving Dolly to him. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's they're watching me. They know. It, it's a hard subject to come out with. You're taking a huge uh, chance of being ostracized by everybody, yeah. even your family. And uh, so, and that has happened to me somewhat. I have some problems with that right now. But, um, you know. It is what it is. Yeah, I've had many contactees tell me that they have not even told their spouse or any of their family members. And many of them have lost friends over this. Some of them because they feel like the person is crazy or other times a UFO will show up and they're just not ready to deal with that. (laughs) And if you hang around Dolly or any contactee, at some point you will have an experience yourself. So this is something that does, you know, Dolly has a lot of corroborating witnesses to her encounters. How about all you family, and you, all her friends? How about you and you've been with Dolly? Have you had uh, any experiences? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I sure have. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've seen the UFOs um, and contactees as a rule are very psychic. So I've had a lot of fun <laughs> when Dolly has, you know, psychic events occurring as well. She will, you know, when I was interviewing her, she would start answering the questions before I could even ask them. Oh, <laughs> that's disconcerting. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> it's fun. Are there are there people in the government interested in Dolly's story? Oh, yeah. Finding out what she's oh, about. Yeah. Huh? Um, Dolly's oh. talks about that. We wrote about that in the book. As a rule, pretty much a lot of contactees, especially ones who have extensive contact, are surveilled mm-hmm. by the government folks. I uh, had one lady, she had her hypnosis tapes stolen. People broke into her house and that's all they took. Another guy <laughs> in upstate New York, uh, he had his house broken into. No money was stolen, no, nothing valuable, just his contact notes. Huh. So Dolly has dealt with this from a very early age. And in fact, last year I met Dolly face to face for the first time at the Megacon, UFOcon in Laughlin. We rented a little Airbnb. <laughs> And we were driving back from the conference. And I'm like, Dolly, I think someone's following us. Oh, God. <laughs> like, really? And I, and I said, yeah. And it was a little Airbnb off several little roads. And we were followed all the way to it, pulled into the driveway, got into the house. And this car pulls up and parks, blocking the driveway. See, this is what I live with daily. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Dolly can tell all about these government folks, which are... yeah. Dolly, could, could Dolly have uh, telekinetically lifted the car out of the driveway, show them that what <laughs> you <could> do? <laughs> would try, yeah. Yeah, he was still there that morning, and I, he said, "What are we going to do?" And I said, "Just back out. He'll put, he'll pull down and let us out." 
and then he'll follow us and he did and yeah. it was like right. yeah we've only had i've only had one real serious incident with that when i was living in panama city they got uh nosy and they climbed the roof to our condo it was like townhouse my daughter owns it and he got up onto the roof where my room was and Tyler said nope and he knocked him off and then he (laughs) emptied their car and it was a very bad day for them they had six ages out there they had a big wrecker and it was noisy and a mess so they learned they get reminded every now and then to leave me alone which is important they they give me distance because they know that uh, Tar will react to them. And right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What does she? What does she do with them? I mean, does she appear to them or freak them what? out? <laughs> uh, no. Every now and then, I bring cookies and Sprite. I'll make cookies for them. I'll take them out to the car and I'll crack the window and say, "Look, cookies!" And I'll, I'll <laughs> eat one in front of them so they know that they're not poison. Right. Right. A lot of times, they'll lower the window and take the cookies and shut the window back up. You know, when they do, I can see all the cameras and all the sound equipment in there. It's hysterical. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's something. So uh, you mentioned that uh, the place where you were educated in the school was in uh, the Orion Belt, uh, a, a pla- right. yeah, a planet uh, in one of the those uh, related to one of those stars. Is that where the grays are from? One of the ethnicities of them, the tall grays are mostly from that cluster. Uh, okay. Zeta reticuli, the medium sized grays are, and there's a smaller gray that sort of like troll sized. They're kind of bluish in color, come mm-hmm. from Zeta reticuli as well. And then there's another uh, a star pattern. Um, I'm not, I, I don't, it's called Delphi and there's some mm-hmm. grays out there as well. You know? oh, so, isn't Zeta Reticuli where Betty Hill drew the map? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's oh. what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So you realize the... that all of those are in our galaxy. Right. Okay. I want to make a point. Our galaxy is huge, and there are many, 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 many systems in our galaxy. And life is very plentiful in our galaxy. It's huge and it's plentiful. And mm-hmm. uh, most of the Beings that come and have anything to do with us are from our galaxy. There are a couple outside our galaxy, but it's not that many. It's only one or two. And uh, they're heavily, highly involved beings. And they kind of just watch everybody, you know, even them. So, yeah. Have they given you warnings about climate change? I have specific data and knowledge of what's about to happen to this planet, yes. And it has mm. nothing to do with climate change. Oh, it has really? to do with our planet is going through... A uh, period of uh, every twelve thousand years, and every six there's a twelve thousand year cycle, a six thousand year cycle, and a four thousand year cycle. Our planet is hurt. Our whole system is hurt. We we didn't live here originally. We were all on Mars, okay, and our system was invaded by a giant rogue planet with a bunch of asteroids following it, huh. and it, it came in. It bashed into us. It totally destroyed Mars. It killed it. It threw, it threw us into about the same uh, orbit space as Mars was in, but it it blew the middle of our core. In other words, we have bulges in our core because of it. Right. The planet tilts, okay, and it wobbles. And so there's a 6,000-year cycle where our planet, the wobble is so bad that we will flop over. It drops down, and then it'll pull back up. That's every 6,000 years, okay? That's a awful water event or the NOAA event. We got that coming up. We got another cycle, 12,000 year cycle, where our sun is starting to emit 
higher and higher and higher amounts of uh, coronal mass ejection. Mm-hmm. And we're changing our poles. Our entire system is changing our poles. The entire galaxy is going through a change because there's an electromagnetic current sheet sluicing through our galaxy and it's triggering everybody. It's every 12,000 years. So while our magnetosphere is going down, we're vulnerable to those coronal mass ejections. And one of them is going to, within the next few years, send us all back to the Stone Age. It's going to kill our grids all over the world at the same time. The first shot across our bow was in 1859. It was the Carrington event. We had just started wiring things for telegraph and it burned them all up worldwide. And it was a warning to everybody. Start paying attention. Stuff's coming. So yeah, we have stuff coming. ET plans to rescue us. Uh, we have to make it through these events, though, because they're not here right now. About a year and a half ago, they bugged out. They can't fly here. That's why I'm grounded right now. I can't fly. Um, mm-hmm. They can't be here for all this. Their technology is affected by it as well. Oh, Plus, really? They're in the same situation in the galaxy as we are. They have a current sheet coming through and uh-huh. they take care of themselves. Mm. Do they have any well, suggestions on how we... Do they have any suggestions on how we survive this? Or Yeah, learn to go off-grid. Learn to live like the Flintstones. You know, oh boy. save food, <laughs> learn how to grow stuff. You're going back down the grid. It's going to, you know, poof. You won't have uh-huh. any support that you think you have. Um, mm. If you live in a house that's electrified, get out. It will burn to the ground when this happens. You need to pull wire and whatever. When the, when the time comes, I'm going to start warning everybody. It's time. You need to get away from your electrical uh, appliances, everything. Just get rid of it. Learn to live off grid already now, you know. Uh, but at the same time, we have another problem. The governments of the world, the elite one percent, have known for eighty years that this was going to happen. They've known. Geez. Okay, all these underground places that they've built, all these seed depositories that they've built, all this infrastructure that they have in place is only for them. One wow. percent, and we are in their way. Okay, and they're about to do some damage to us and they already started. Okay, because we will fight them for it once the grid goes down. If you're hungry and you've got nowhere to live, you're going to go for that. And they don't want you to have guns. They don't want your health. They don't want anything. They don't want you to be a bother to them. So that's what's happening. Mm, Sounds great. (laughs) Governments have not had our best interests in mind for a very long time. Well, that's And and society as it stands now is not sustainable. So ultimately, this is really good news. Uh, Contactees, as a general rule, have gotten this message. It's been the same message for, well, since 1950, when, you know, contact really started Uh becoming much more common. I want to say something. I'm not the only one that's saying this, okay? I mean, I'm a contactee, but there are hardcore scientists already saying it that are putting the information out there. Some of them are getting shot down by the government and shut up. But there are a few that are still speaking and they will not shut up until and they're talking about it. Um, mm. One of them is Ben from Suspicious Observers. He was a lawyer. He's he, he is a genius and he taught himself astrophysics and astronomy and he knows what he's talking about. Then there is a bona fide astronomer who's talking about it. And uh, he, he does Sky Scholar on YouTube. Look him up. Dr. Robitaille. He's talking about it. There are two scientists at NASA who we will not name, and one just died suspiciously. So we have to be careful how we talk about them, who are blowing the whistle on this, okay? So, and you're just constantly lied to by the governments. Don't believe what they say. Disclosure to me is a big, fat joke, because they've known. And if you knew what they know, 
and knew that they were lying about it all this time, we would attack them and they don't want that. So they're not going to tell you the truth ever. Huh. Well, yeah. we have mango trees. If we're, we're more out of food. We have mangoes. We have papaya. That's about it. Okay, learn to garden. Do do container yeah. gardens. Okay, get seeds. Start buying that stuff now. You need a lot of food too because the governments are trying to starve us out now. You realize that, right? Mm-hmm. We're about to have world famine in the next three months to six months. You will God. see nothing on the shelves in the stores. I guarantee you, it's coming. It's already starting to happen. They've mm. taken all our resources in there feathering their nests underground right now. All our infrastructure is going to them, not us. Hmm. Serious. Just well, open your eyes, look around, you'll see it happening. What are you, how are you preparing for this? Um, I live out in the middle of nowhere. I'm in one of the safe zones. I'm off grid and I garden and, and am gardening. I'm building infrastructure right now for myself for no electricity, nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have to hang on. I have to survive this until they can come back and pick me up so we can pick everybody else up. There will come a day after all this happens that ET can fly back to us and they're going to land in mass around this planet onto the ground. You'll see them everywhere. We're going to open the doors and say, get on, get on now, because this is not the end of what's coming. We have bigger stuff right beyond this and the planet's going to be unlivable and we're going to get everybody off. Where are they going to take everybody? There are three planets that they have ready for us and waiting. And you will be given uh, the startups and everything you need to survive. And you'll be trained before you get there. Okay. And they, they have a clear message. Wake up. Use your innate psychic abilities. Stop listening to what the governments say. Turn off all negativity and learn to use your psychic abilities. Learn to use them. Uh, you'll hear them if you do. Russell Targ was a CIA operative, okay? And he was a very psychic. He's one of the most psychic people the government ever had. And he left a message for us in a bottle. And it is a program you can go to on the internet. It's called ESP Trainer. Get oh, it. I've got it. I've got it. That's yeah. Russell Targ, honey. Learn how to use it. Yeah. Spread it through your family. If you have small children, let them be psychic. Do not uh-huh. disbelieve anything they say. Let them use their abilities because they're on. Let them keep turning it on. They will tell you, okay? They'll help you bring it back to yourself. Dolly, in the past, have they ever given you the option of leaving the planet and going with them? Yes. And I said, no. I'm I'm a hybrid, but I'm human, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm here too. And I, how do I put this? I can't, if I, if all my belief, all my understanding about life and what it means, means that um, y'all are as precious to me as myself. And I, I can't handle the idea of nobody know, not knowing the truth. It's very important to me that y'all do. I came here specifically for this, okay? Mm-hmm. To tell the truth. You need to hear it. Yeah. So are there many people are being taken off planet? I talked to a contactee in Maine who got mm-hmm. that message. They gave her a bunch of messages, talked exactly what Dolly's saying about the importance of increasing our psychic abilities, warning her about upcoming changes with our environment and said flat out, if people go missing from this planet, it's being done by us for the universal good. There are a lot of people being taken off right now. And not only people, but plants and animals. Dolly's been on these big mother ships, which are basically animal husbandry centers and arboretums, uh, which were their take. This was one of her missions throughout the 1970s. She was very active in pulling off 
species that were going extinct. Huh. So they're doing their best to, you know, make sure you have we're dogs and cats. Are there yes. dogs and cats? Yes, if they you have dogs it. and cats, when we come back to get you, you get to bring in dogs and cats. They okay. love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Dolly, uh, is their civilization much more ancient than ours? Does it go back how long? I was the the amount of time that I was uh, taught about is infinitesimal compared to what they've lived. I know 280 million years of history of our system alone. They are eons beyond that. They have evolved to the point where they came in contact with interdimensional beings and were sharing technology with them and with each other. They had evolved to the point where they can now work together interdimensionally. We're not there yet. (laughs) We were supposed to be on our way. And for some reason, we didn't do it yet. They're yeah. not going to forsake us because of that, but yeah. Well, hey, real, real, oh. real quick, real quick, can can circle back around to uh, to people leaving the planet because just just uh, I guess a synchronicity or whatever, but just this past week, I certainly had listened to a podcast that was not was not you know no metaphys- metaphysical connections or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually brought up the Christian belief of the rapture came up this past week are there people missing are there people missing from the planet uh in general they couldn't cite that but it's interesting that you brought up that maybe people have already left and and there actually was just this past week i heard somebody say i don't know but i don't think everybody's still here but go ahead all right huh well Dolly, if you're off the grid how are we doing zoom i mean do you have electricity (laughs) in your house right no well yes right now i'm We've got two years before we go down, okay? So I'm hanging in there with the grid to spread my message mm-hmm. as much as possible. But there's going to come a day where you won't see me anymore, hear from me, because I will pull the plug, and mm-hmm. it will be necessary. Otherwise, we won't make it. Um, uh, I'm thinking uh, about building a log cabin with no nothing in it but, you know, a house. And mm-hmm. I might have, you know, composting toilets in it. I might try to figure out how to do running water, but that's it. No electricity. And where I'm living now, the house that I'm in now will totally be gutted and taken down because it will burn. And I don't want that in my area. I don't want that kind of fire. There's going to be enough. The skies, when this happens, the skies are going to turn red. You're going to see electrical fire everywhere. Everything is going to burn and explode and all kinds of stuff. It's going to be an unhealthy place to be if you're not prepared. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't sound well, like maybe we better move, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Preston, what what steps have you taken? Yeah, the same thing. I moved out of LA. Um, I think it's a good idea to get out of major cities first of all. Um, process of saving a lot of food. I don't mm-hmm. want to starve to death. But, yeah, uh, I remember past lives, honest to God, where that has happened. Uh, uh, I mean, we can only do what we can. Yeah, uh, and I don't want this to be a doom and gloom thing for people. Because the fact is, we are immortal beings. And right. this is another real re- reason for us to elevate our psychic abilities, start right. having out-of-body experiences, <clears throat> and recognize that we are immortal. And that death is not the end. It doesn't exist. It's a lie. So it's not going to be, I mean, even if you have to leave this planet and you know get a new body, that's going to be just fine. But I can tell you, with absolute confidence that the contactees I have talked to are often getting this message of the sky filling with UFOs, landing, people being ushered aboard. 
Huh. We have friends in high places. Uh, we should. This is, should be a celebratory event. We've lived in a state of basic slavery for thousands of years, for millennia. Mm-hmm. That is not, like I said, sustainable. So this is awesome, wonderful news. As scary as it might sound, it's very important that we just enjoy each day, prepare as much as we can, and wait for the show and yeah. recognize that you know this is going to be a really bright future for us. It's going to be really wonderful. Well, what's interesting I, about this, Rob, Kathy said, one day we're going to wake up and we're going to move. Yeah, right. Yeah. We we just went to Casadega and we have we know one of the psychics there and get readings from her and this is something she said. It's a spiritualist you know, thought, community. Yeah, it's yeah. a spiritualist community. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. She's right. You are yeah. going to move. Yeah. yeah. So on on the kind of a bigger picture, do the Greys have enemies? Do they get along with other beings in the universe? Uh, what what's that situation? Okay, y'all have been lied to the point that it's real hard to understand. And I'm going to give you the simplest, quickest way to understand this. Okay. When you're an evolved being, you leave behind negativity and anger and hate. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're nothing but love. Okay. And these are very positive beings. They mean for us to survive. They mean for us to be well. We're related to them. We are part of their Mm -hmm. genome. We are them. They are us. And we are all one. Okay. Universally. Any techno, any civilization that's technologically that advanced is not going to be an enemy of anybody. They don't. That's not how you. When you evolve, you mature. It's called mm-hmm. responsible maturity in evolution, and that's where they went. You can't contact an interdimensional being without having that paradigm in your existence, because interdimensional beings absolutely, without beyond the shadow of a doubt, have totally left the physical, and they don't need that. That going on they're not uh-huh. mentally angry beings they're all yeah. love and light okay the light technology that they use does not include hate it does not include anger it does not include violence war war nothing none of that okay but um, what about the other the problem not them yeah okay. but what about the other beings like the the lizzies uh they don't seem that friendly you mean like reptilians <laughs> right <They're Yeah>. from <laughs> here do you know that okay I read I read that in your book. <laughs> that yeah. Yeah. So same thing. They're evolving like we are. Yeah. And they got issues just like we do. Uh-huh. Huh. So, yeah. This is an important point, which I, I just want to underline real quick, because there is a lot of fear surrounding this subject. And there are people who are traumatized and having nightmares and feel that this is bad for them. And I really had to take a step back and look at exactly what is happening to people who are having contact. And the scariest thing I found is the physical exam. People don't often like this. And yeah. they label this experience as unpleasant or even evil. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that there are <clears throat> virtually zero cases of what I would call outright sadism or torture or intentionally harming people. It just It's just not there. They are not here to hurt us or take over. There is a narrative being put forth by the media, by our own governments, of an alien threat. There Mm -hmm. is no alien threat. It's the the threat is to their power structure and their control over us. That's the alien threat. There are my labs, military abductions, where they are faking evil aliens. So there are actual accounts out there which are negative, but it's not the ETs. People really need to recognize the ET agenda is 
to wake people up psychically, mm -hmm. to warn us that our path is not sustainable and to heal us, healing. This is one of the books I wrote, 300 cases from every major investigator out there of people being healed. The evidence is there. If you're willing to throw away your misconceptions, mm -hmm. step away from fear, don't believe the media or the lying government. The truth is ETs are our friends. They're here to help us. They're very mm -hmm. advanced spiritually and technologically. Well, also, the last time you all were going to appear, uh, Dolly was in the hospital with COVID, right? Yeah. Now, did they cure you of COVID? I cured myself. I just yeah. needed to stay there for a couple of days. So I had oxygen. I needed oxygen at that point. I've never taken the shots. I refuse. I, I won't uh -huh. take them. And I've had COVID. I had COVID when it first came out and I survived that one on my own. It was the worst one of the three. Mm -hmm. Then I had it again, the really light version. And then this version, the BA5 one. That one was a little tough. That one got me all around, but I came through it on my own. I did yeah. fine. I, I healed myself. Mm. Um, I have no scar in my lungs, nothing from mm. it, and I'm really okay. Yeah. Um, Dolly, you you've worked as an intermediary, haven't you, between the uh, the Greys and the people who were taken aboard and yes. for their first yeah. Right. What, talk about that a little bit. That's interesting. Um, one of the things that I do because I fly is I I pick we help I help them go to pick people up to be examined. The reason this is important is while our magnetosphere is going down, it's been 80 years like this, 100 years, where we get incoming gamma that is more intense than we've ever had before. If you notice, there's more cancer, there's more autoimmune, mm -hmm. there's more um, uh, everything, you know, heart problems, mental problems, all of it across the board. We have more disease now or physical ailments than ever. And it's because our DNA is being de by the gamma it absolutely will take you apart. We know this is positively true because NASA proved it. They have two identical twin astronauts. They sent one up for a year. He came back. He no longer matched his brother. They were not identical anymore. Wow. Okay. Now he, they're watching his DNA repair itself, but he's still not 100% a match to his brother anymore. That's hmm. serious. That's happening to all of us. ET knows this. It happens to them when they're in space. They've been taking us aboard and helping us heal. They have an accelerated way to make your DNA repair itself. And if you're that far gone, they will give you the cure to it. They're holding us up while we go through this so that we make it to the other side and we're, we can come with them. That's why you're not abducted. You're contacted. Okay. Abduction is a scary word that the governments here want you to believe. You're contacted. You're watched, you're guided, you're cared for. This is what they're doing. They're heavily involved with us for the last 80 years because of what's coming. You're being watched over. And the governments here want you to believe in hate, death. They want you to believe that you're being abducted. They want you to fear everything. We are taught, oh, we get Halloween. Look what you do. You go to houses where you're scared to death. What is wrong with that? I'm a nurse, okay? And every time, ear nurse. And I have had patients attack me spit on me, hit me, yell at me, scream at me because they don't understand what's going on. And they're afraid, terrified that I'm, they think that I'm going to hurt them. That's just here. Imagine how you feel when you're contacted by them and you really don't know what's going on. That's why they cover your memory. That's why they give you relief from it and don't let you remember everything because they want you to be well and they're willing to do anything. While I'm on board and I'm contacting you, Bringing, you, bringing the craft to pick you up, 
and we bring you on board. I speak to everybody. I sit down with y'all. I talk you through it. I explain why this isn't going to be afraid. I tell you the truth about it. I'll walk you through the ship. I'll let you sit in my seat. Okay. I'll show you everything. I'll give you anything you want while you're on board. I will make you as happy as possible while they check you physically to make sure you're okay. We've even healed broken bones. We've cured every kind of disease you could possibly imagine if your karma allows it. Now we have karma. There's some karma we can't touch, but they're psychic. They're interdimensional beings and they know which is which. Okay. Uh, I've, I've seen people miraculously cured. We had one person who literally couldn't walk. They had just hurt their back and we fixed it. Okay. So that they could walk it. They had a gradual reality <clears throat> to get back up on their feet. Okay. Miraculous. Mm-hmm. Right. Huh? Yeah. There, well, I mean, so- given, given all the divisiveness in the world now, what, how, how is any of this going to be healed? You know, it's not, that's the problem. That's why yeah. you have to wake up. Your innate psychic ability is going to open your eyes and you're going to hear the truth. The universe is very chatty, okay? The universe is a mind all of its own, okay? It's like God. It is God mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. And you can hear it talking and it doesn't lie and it tells you the truth. And your intuition will go up a thousand percent. So when somebody's lying to you, you can look at them and go, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, thank you. Okay. And then when ET starts talking to you, you can hear them and you can hear that they're telling you the truth. They don't lie to one another. When you're that wide open psychic, uh, all you can hear is the truth. You know, you can't hide what's in your mind at yeah. all. It's 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 a room and you walk into it, you go, hey, you know? Yeah, they this is why the, the agenda to wake us up is so important. Can you imagine how humanity would change if we were all telepathic? God. Greed and corruption would fall away yeah. instantly. Everything would change. Yeah. yeah. The true sense of what love really is, is also important where this is concerned because people love one another here, but it doesn't, it's not sustainable love. You don't understand what it really means until you wake up psychically. Okay. A lot of divorce, a lot of uh-huh. sudden hate by people. You know, I loved you five minutes ago, but now I hate you. Yeah. That kind of thing that doesn't exist when your psychic ability awakens. You truly understand what love is and love teaches everything. Okay. It teaches you how to how to be part of everybody. Your empathy levels will jump. You will see things as they truly are. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, D- Dolly, uh, Dolly, uh, the ship you're you go on and that you fly. Uh, how large is this? And do they have a larger ship uh, that this <laughs> this little one goes into? <laughs> Uh, like it's pretty big. <laughs> he's, he's about uh, somewhere between 150 and 200 feet uh, in diameter. It's huge. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He can expand and contract within those uh, parameters. He can go uh, a little over 250, maybe 300 feet if he wow. expands out. Yeah. Um, he can get taller, bigger, fatter. He can do all kinds of stuff. He can change his light pattern. He's like a cuttlefish. He can change his light uh, pattern so that he's up in the sky and you can't see him because he's mirroring uh, everything. You know, he can become anything he wants to in your eyes, wow. sightwise, because of that yeah. ability. Um, there are smaller craft. You remember Bob Lazar? You remember the one that he drew? Right. They call it the sports model. Uh-huh. Well, that is a that is a tic tac, and that's what the tic tacs are. And they come mm-hmm. in and they're two seaters. I call them. They have one level where that you can put some pallets down, but there's no sustainable anything on board that craft. It's just to move people back and forth one at a time or two at a time. Uh, they'll come in, they'll grab you, and they'll take you to a bigger craft like Talara. 
Todd is the next size up. Then they have crafts that are like motherships, where thousands of Taladas will, you know, park with. And they have services, they have food, they have, you know, places where you can sleep, enjoy entertainment, talk. Is that what they're going to use when they take people off Earth? Um, When they take you off Earth, you go to a ship like Talata, unless you need surgery of any kind, and then they'll take you to a mothership. Uh They'll transport you that fast. They'll light gate you to it. So there's no time involved. Um, Mm -hmm. Then there are other sizes that are even bigger than that. They keep getting bigger, bigger, bigger. And then they have what's called like, it's like a planetoid. It's like a Mm -hmm. Dyson sphere that you would describe only it's not surrounding a star. It's an actual planetoid. And it has uh, different levels, different things. It's like a real planet. They have water, they have forests, they have everything you can think of. And they transport uh, animals to other worlds. You know, they do all kinds of things. I mean, it's a planetoid. Are they inside Um, or are... Are they inside that planetoid or are they on the outside of it? There is uh, areas outside of it. They have Mm -hmm. a small atmosphere on them where you can go out, but you Mm -hmm. still have to be uh, protected in that environment. And then it's mostly inside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What do they eat? I mean, uh, if they're out, <laughs> that's what you know, I, have, I have a thousand questions, but that's what yeah, I know. <laughs> what do you eat? Okay. They're all beings, including animals. Everything that has DNA is related to one another. We're all related. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have the same DNA we do. They're humanoid. They have human DNA like we do. We just dye them out differently. They look a little different because they evolved to look differently from us. Uh, just like on our planet, we have people with different ethnicities. They're darker, lighter, have mm-hmm. different hair types, features, that kind of thing. They do the same thing that we do. They dye them out differently. But we can breed back and forth with them. Everybody's bipedal. Everybody's eats food. Everybody pees, goes poo. Everybody's uh, reproductive. That's good to know. Yeah. They can hear. They can smell. They can drink. All of that. They're like us. Um they just look differently. The tall grays are meat eaters, mostly. They are carnivores. Mm-hmm. Um, if one was to smile at you, you might be taken aback a little bit. I was the first time. <laughs> Mama grinned at me. I'm staring at her mouth. She has more teeth than I do, and they're pointed as hell. And I was like, hmm, how come I don't have teeth like that? I was kind of jealous, okay? She says, you don't eat all meat. I do. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And I said, what kind of meat do you eat? And she said, well, we eat meat that's transported to us from our world. And they also eat meat that you can construct. It's sort of like, um, we have the ability to create meat here. Did you know that? We use recombinant DNA and we can actually build meat byproducts and stuff like that. Protein. And that's what they do? Uh, sometimes when they're on board, it is a way that they go. They're very careful and they're very knowledgeable about it. And you can't tell the difference because I've tasted it. Um, but they they will eat. Now, mama drinks... Uh, You'd call it a smoothie that has vitamins and minerals in it from fruits and vegetables and stuff like mm-hmm. that. She's yeah. she flies around all the time and she needs that. She's in full contact with gametes, so she needs higher oxidant levels than the meat can give her. So mm. she does supplement her diet that way. They have a drink that they drink. A lot of people on board will tell you they gave me a drink. You bet that helps block gamma radiation from destroying you and it helps heal you too. It's really good yeah. stuff. <laughs> They do they like two or three different colors? Huh? Do they do they like veggie burgers? 
Um, I don't think I, I don't think so. I don't know. I've never seen it talk about it. Or, I've never seen that happen. I don't like them, so I don't know. <laughs> um, I okay. tend to be a little bit more carnivore than herbivore, also. Okay. So I don't know. Been, uh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Gosh, you, we, you need, we need. I have a million more questions. Yeah, All right, go we, ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Yeah, you mentioned that you saw a famous uh, musician on one of your journeys. Uh, who is that? Um, I was a young girl, and um, I was on on a on a mothership. Mm-hmm. And I was being transported and I was in what they call a holding pattern. I was there for about two or three days. And um, I was walking from where you eat. I was autonomous. I was given the ability to walk around freely because I was trusted. They knew where I was at all times anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was walking from where I ate and there was a common area. And there was this man sitting in the room and everybody was listening to him play a guitar. And I was mesmerized by the music. It was beautiful. He had, oh my God, this man could play guitar. And uh, I'm watching him and I started to walk to my room and I went, nope, I'm going back. And I went and sat next to him, right next to him. And he smiled at me and I put my hand on the guitar while he was playing, fascinated me. And he said, you want to touch it? You want to play it? And I, (laughs) yes, you know, and he put it in my hand and he showed me three chords. He showed me C, G and E, okay? (laughs) And um, he got me to hum with him, and it was magical to me. It was my first introduction to a guitar, and I wanted to play after that, which I do. Um, I knew he was. He said, well, he said, my name is Jimmy. I was like, oh, cool. And he said, I don't know if you would like my last name. And I said, what's your last name? And he said, Hendrix. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was like, cool, you know, Jimmy Hendrix. And I fell in love with him, kind of, okay? And... uh, I had only seen him that one time. I spent maybe 45 minutes with him total. Wow, and uh, a few years cool. after that, I became despondent because uh, I was talking to Preston. It dawned on me that, you know how, you don't, I don't live in the same world y'all do. My yeah. life is so compartmentalized. I'm with them mostly, and I don't pay attention to a lot around here, okay? You and didn't know he was dead? No, I did not. I cried my eyes out. I was like, oh my God, he's dead. He's a beautiful yeah. man. So, well, now, I have, to you, say about have it. you asked the ETs where he went, where he is? If you can, I mean, was he taken to another planet? Is I don't I mean, know anything about that. That's the horror for me. Is I, all I know is that he played guitar and he was sweet. Wow. Uh, yeah. uh, it is known that he was a contactee. I mean, he's yeah. passed away now, but he did go public, describing several UFO encounters as a child. Very close up sightings. And never really talked about direct contact. Mm-hmm. But, uh, his yeah. bandmate, uh, Brian Knight, I think his name was, or Brian McKnight. At any rate, they were up in upstate New York and were driving around in their van and got snowed in on the roads. It was a very dangerous situation. They could freeze to death. And a UFO landed right in front of them. And E.T. came out and walked around their van, melted all the snow, and started <laughs> communicating telepathically with Jimmy. Huh. This was all described by his bandmate. And afterwards, yeah. his bandmate's like, well, what the heck? <laughs> and, <laughs> and Jimmy says, you know, Shh, this is our secret. We don't talk about it. Hmm. But Jimmy made some really profound statements. He says, there's going to be huge changes coming to humanity. Our whole solar system will change. He said this publicly. Yeah, he also wrote a song about his own death five yeah. years uh, ahead of his uh, time of uh, death. And uh, uh, and uh he predict he predicted it uh to the 
I don't know if it's to the day or but to the year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was only 27 though. Yeah, when he 27. died. Yeah. He was part of the 27 club. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The ETs love musicians. Look at John Lennon, Miley Cyrus, yeah. the Moody Blues, Demi Lovato. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could go on. They contact people who are doing good work for humanity. So you will see nurses like Dolly, animal rights activists, uh-huh. social workers, um, teachers. They like writers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, very yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so, so Dolly, you said they have left now about a year and a half ago. Are you still in contact with them at all? Yes, I stay in constant con- contact with uh, Talada and Mama. Okay. Uh, we have drones around us. We have thousands and thousands of drones surrounding us right now. And we mm-hmm. have sentinels in our system that are watching as things are occurring because we're not the only ones changing our poles. Other planets are as well. So mm-hmm. they're watching all of that. And they're watching the situation with our timeline as far as what's happening and, and where we're progressing to in the upcoming events. So, yes, mm. they have, a, they have wow. a way to watch us. Wow. Mm. Well, this has been really fascinating. Well, it's been great. Really, yeah, enjoyed, really enjoyed having you. Thank you very much. Uh, and Preston. And of Preston, I mean. Yeah. Preston, I have a, one more question for you. When did you move to L.A.? Before or after you met Dolly? Oh, I I lived in L.A. for most of my life. I moved out of L.A. recently. Okay. Uh, yeah, my family moved there from Illinois when I was just a little boy. Uh, the city got to, to be too much. I mean, I couldn't handle having two million people around me in every yeah. direction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. That's I can imagine. Yeah. So, I mean, you you acted on what on Dolly's information. Oh, I was planning on moving well before uh-huh. I met Dolly. I knew, like I said, all the st- messages Dolly's getting, I've been hearing from mm-hmm. many other contactees. I've been planning to move out of LA, but it's very difficult <laughs> to extricate yourself from yeah. any situation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I know that people are not always able to move, but you can do little window gardens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, you know, collect food for a year or two. It's not that hard to do. Food is definitely pricey, but it's still affordable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's it's important to do what you can. Right. Uh, and move away from fear. Live your life. Have fun. That's the most important. Right. We're all going to be just fine. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, guys. We'll send yeah, you the link you. when this goes up. John, yeah. when's it going up? Uh, uh, today, actually. Okay. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, thank you guys, and and please, if, if there's any like screaming headline for you, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I'm serious. That. Okay, thank you. I promise. I will. Much appreciated. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye now. <laughs>
send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.